0: Hey everyone, I really appreciate the chance to spend a few minutes with you today. And I do want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of the moms out there. I just want you to know we love you, we appreciate you, and we thank God for all of the ways that you are a blessing to the people around you. Well, today we continue our series called Together. And you may have noticed the subtitle of this series. It says, Navigating Relationships in a Complicated World. And at the moment, our world does seem especially complicated. But the topic we're looking at today has always been a struggle. Today, we're talking about the comparison trap. We're talking about our tendency to compare ourselves with others in a way that's harmful to our relationships and to ourselves. And I wanna say right out of the gate here, it is possible to escape the comparison trap. In the Bible, the Apostle Paul seemed to do just that. In Philippians chapter four, Paul said, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. So we want to learn that secret today, and and we want to move together toward one simple goal. The goal is to trade comparison for contentment. But before we tackle that goal, we need to admit that this struggle is very real, and it's very strong. We compare ourselves to others in all kinds of ways, don't we? Sometimes it's in the area of physical appearance. Just last week, I was checking out some online worship services from other churches, and I watched a message from a friend of mine who leads a church up in Ohio. This guy was speaking from his home, just like I'm doing today. He was sitting on his couch, he was wearing a short sleeve shirt, and right away, I noticed his biceps. <laughs> they were massive and I immediately started that comparison game. Now you may notice, I am not wearing a short sleeve shirt today, and that's intentional because I wanna leave a little to the imagination. I may just have some serious guns in here. You don't know, do you? Well, of course, I'm not kidding anybody. Let's just be real. When it comes to buffness, I am no match for my friend. But the comparison trap doesn't stop with physical appearance, does it? It's often about, performance. Maybe it's your golf game. Maybe it's your job. I experienced this in my first year after college. At that time, I was a youth minister at a church up in Ohio. I was very new at my job, and I was struggling with some insecurity and a lack of self-confidence. And to complicate matters, I kept hearing about a guy who had this same job a few years before. His name was Bill. Everybody loved Bill. Everybody missed the days when Bill was in charge of the youth group. And really, that was okay. I was glad the church had been blessed with a strong leader. But one day, a middle school student came up to me with an observation. He said, Doug, you're a good youth minister, but you're no Bill. (laughs) Obviously, that comment did not feel good. I had already been comparing myself to the ghost of Bill, and that only made things worse. I eventually got over it, but for a while it was hard to shake that feeling that I didn't quite measure up. But today I've got some very good news to share. While we're all down here constantly comparing ourselves to each other, God sees all of us in a totally different way. Back in the Old Testament, we learned that God doesn't play our game. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, God uses a man named Samuel to choose a new king for the nation of Israel. God tells Samuel to go to the home of a man named Jesse, because the new king would be one of Jesse's sons. And when Samuel arrives, he looks at a lineup of these sons, and he notices one who just looks like a king. His name was Eliab, and I'm sure he was tall and handsome and strong. He probably had the biceps that I don't have. But listen to what happens. 1 Samuel 16, verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So there you go. There's the difference. We focus so much on external characteristics. We look at appearance and performance and achievements. And so many times we feel like we don't measure up to the people around us. We think, why can't I have what he has or what she has? Why haven't I accomplished what they've accomplished? And all of a sudden, we feel very less than. But the flip side is also true, isn't it? Occasionally, we do pretty well at the comparison game. We can look at a person and see some category where we have the advantage, and before long, this feeling of superiority starts to creep in. And that feeling is extremely unhealthy. Now, I do wanna be clear about something. There is a healthy version of comparison. Sometimes, we look at others and we're inspired to do more and be more than what we thought was possible. But very quickly, this healthy version can take a dark turn. We can use comparison as a way to measure our value and our worth. So here's the definition we're working with today. Unhealthy comparison is feeling inferior or superior based on how we measure up to others. So let's think about this. When are we most likely to fall into this trap? It's not complicated, really. We're most susceptible when we see a person who has something that we don't have. You might be fairly happy with your car until your neighbor gets a new one you might feel pretty good about your job until somebody with less experience gets promoted over you you know this issue has been around as long as people have been around but in recent years we have the added factor of social media social media puts a scoreboard out there for the world to see the statistics are right in front of you you've got numbers like friends Followers, likes, reactions. All these things can lead to comparison. And sometimes social media, it feels like a reminder of what you don't have. Maybe you see a family that looks like they have it all together, even though that image is never reality, and you think, why isn't our family more like that? Or maybe you see that some of your friends got together to hang out, and you look at those pictures and you think, why wasn't I invited? We wanted to get some perspective on this from real life. So we approached one of our women's Bible study groups and we asked for volunteers to participate in a conversation about comparison, especially when it comes to social media. Several of them were willing to share, including my wife, Hannah, Nicole Nelson, Megan Cole, and Missy Herringer. They had some great insights. So let's jump over and hear what they had to say.
1: So when you're using social media, does it tend to lead you into a comparison trap? What are your thoughts on that? Or your experience?
2: Definitely um, um, in our early marriage, it was a huge trap for me um, because when I would look and see other people, I would think that if we weren't there, whether it be, In our relationship or financially or um, in my job, I just felt like I wasn't good enough. I couldn't enjoy where I was, where God had me at that time because I was so focused on what everybody else was doing and how neat it looked and how I needed to get there as quick as I could. (laughs) I see other people that
3: are my age that are so much further than where I am or where I ever thought I would be that I'm like, okay, what did I do wrong? You know? So you do fall into that trap, especially as a woman of what, you know, uh, trying to be everything mom, wife, work, good worker, you know, uh, nurture your family in every way you can. You know what I mean? So yeah, you definitely, if I fall into it. Sure. I do.
4: For me, The hardest time I had with social media was a stage of my life where my life felt like it was falling apart and I had 10 friend weddings that year and I actually, I'm serious and it was expensive and disheartening and it was, the comparison was really difficult. I'd never struggled with comparison badly before that in the way I did then because it tempted me as a believer. I felt like all these good things were happening to all these other Christian friends. And that actually caused me to doubt my faith. And if God cared about me. Um, so I've come a long way since then, but it took getting to that point and really unplugging from a bunch of it to come back to it in a healthy way. Mm
1: -hmm. What helps you when you're struggling, like with comparing yourself to others, This can be social media. This could be in general.
4: I know for me, if my perspective is starting to shift and get really weird, I have to pay attention to what accounts I'm following. And I want to make sure I'm following more things that are edifying and encouraging. And that can be Bible verses, but I don't think it just has to be that. Like I follow goofy animal accounts or cooking accounts, things that bring me joy and that bring me closer to who God made me to be. And I try to focus on things that encourage gifts that God's already given me that I can then turn around and start my day. Maybe I look at it in the morning. If it's making me more excited for my work or more excited to get going that day or to visit with the people in my life that day, I think that's a good thing. And am I taking in more scripture than I am Instagram? And, and I think that reflects our output. I would say two things. One, if I've
2: it doesn't take me long to compare. I mean, once I get on and I start scrolling, I mean, that's really, you know, some of the first things that goes through my mind. So one is I can't have social media constantly in my face. So a lot of times I'm getting on and like speed checking and then getting off (laughs) for the rest of the day or afternoon. Um, And then the other is to remember, it always helps me to remember that most of social media is people's highlight reels Mm -hmm. Um, and knowing that those are the highlights of their day or their week or their month. And, um, and remembering that, um, okay, you know, that amazing trip that they just took um, isn't probably a trip they take every other week, which it feels like when you look on Facebook, it's something they saved up three years for and, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just remembering that um, that it's everybody's best moments. Nobody's posting right. all their stinky parts of their day.
1: It is ironic how seeing so many different people's lives makes you feel isolated. It right. really seems like it should be the opposite. And I, I agree that learning to stay in your own lane and recognize God has made me for a purpose and you know I my day was perfectly fine I wasn't in a bad mood I wasn't feeling less than I wasn't and then I checked my social media account or got on Facebook and all of a sudden I my mind is somewhere else because I'm thinking about what someone else is doing or has done and comparing what I am doing or not doing and I let it steal, and I think about it in terms of like Satan uses that because he wants to steal and kill and destroy. And I think if we let it, it can become that.
3: I'm comparing myself right now. The <laughs> Zoom thing. I'm, well, it's funny because I'm sitting here, and I, you all are so pretty. But not only that, you're so intelligent. You say all these wonderful, intelligent things, and I find myself saying, "Well, I don't. I don't go that deep. They're they're pretty deep, you know." And he, even though that I know that that's not true, mm-hmm. you hear people, they go a little deeper and you're like, oh, Missy, bring it. Come on, get, get your egg game on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but if I'm being honest, that's... I know.
1: You know me too. The first thing I got on here, I was like, oh, I didn't wear nice clothes. <laughs> I wore a hoodie. Why didn't I? <laughs> look at me. Look nice. Yeah, I know. I get it. I totally get it.
2: I have to stay on a loop of like, Read your Bible, pray, listen to worship music, and podcast. <laughs> if any of that gets interrupted, then I just become some crazy lady named Nicole. But within <laughs> that loop, then I'm like, okay, I'm go- I'm doing His will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I hear you. It is like whatever I'm consuming, that's what's coming back up.
0: I love the honesty and the wisdom from those ladies. But it's pretty clear that the struggle is real, isn't it? Your issues may be different than mine, but we all struggle in one way or another. And I want to stop for a second and ask, why? We've already seen that God doesn't operate this way, so why do we keep falling into the trap? Well, here's the reality. God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but that's exactly what the rest of the world looks at. Perfect example. This last fall, I joined a fantasy football league. And when it came time for the draft, who was I looking for? I was looking for great players who would put up great numbers, right? And when we got a few weeks into the season and I had someone on my roster who wasn't producing, what did I do? Well, I dropped that guy and I picked up somebody else who might actually help me win. So do you see what that means? I am placing a greater value on players who perform better. If you don't perform, you're out of here. After a week or two, I won't even remember your name. And here's the thing, we all know that's how things work in the world. So of course, we're gonna be tempted to play this comparison game. Let's get back to those words in 1 Samuel. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, let's be honest. Where do we fit in that equation? We're not God, right? We're just people. So is it really possible for us to relate to others using God's criteria? Is it possible for us to trade comparison for contentment? Well, I already mentioned that it is possible. But in order to make that trade, we're going to need God's help. In fact, that's exactly what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. Let's read Philippians 4 verses 12 and 13. Paul writes, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You know, in a lot of ways, Paul lived a very hard life. He traveled around preaching about Jesus He planted churches in places where the majority of people didn't want churches. Paul didn't have a lot of money. He didn't get to settle down and have a family. He was persecuted and beaten and imprisoned, all for his commitment to Christ. It would have been very easy for Paul to compare his life to others and say, God, after everything that I've done for you, why haven't you blessed me the way you bless other people? But that wasn't his attitude. Paul was content. And what was his secret? Well, the secret is in verse 13. Paul says, I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. It takes great strength of character to be content with what you have. And that strength has to come from Jesus. Now, I could end this message right here. I could say, all right, there's the secret. Just go get your strength from Jesus and you'll be just fine. But that's not enough, is it? We need to know how to get that help from Jesus, and that's how I want to spend the rest of our time here. I want to look at the process by which God will transform our hearts to be more like Him. If you want to experience that transformation, here's where you have to start. You have to admit that the root of your problem is pride. Now, when I use the word pride, I'm referring to the sinful attitude that the Bible warns us about. Proverbs 11 verse 2 says, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. So what kind of pride are we talking about here, and why does it lead to disgrace? Well, we often associate pride with arrogance. It's thinking too much of yourself and looking down on others. And while that's certainly true, that's not the end of the story. Pride is not just thinking too much of yourself, it's thinking of yourself too much. Here's what I mean. With one version of pride, you feel superior to others. But with another version, you're all caught up feeling inferior. Either way, you're overly focused on yourself. And that's exactly why pride leads to disgrace. Unhealthy comparison is rooted in pride. And this is exactly where the devil wants you. Always striving, always competing, trying to reach some level where you have proven your value and your worth. But even if you do reach that level, you know you won't be able to stay there. You can't keep looking perfect. You can't keep outperforming everyone else. It's not sustainable. It's a hopeless attempt at winning a losing game. So what do we do? Where do we go from here? Well, this is where we let God go to work. With God's help, you can learn to see yourself as He sees you. You know, the comparison trap is all about our image. It's about how we look, either to other people or to ourselves. But here's the reality. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. It doesn't even matter what you think about yourself. The only thing that really matters is what God thinks about you. And we know what God does, right? He doesn't look at our outward appearance and our external characteristics. God looks at the heart. And in a way, that's a terrible thing because our hearts are deceitful. Our hearts have led us to say things and do things that go directly against God's will. Our hearts have led us to sin. And when God looks at you and he sees a sinful heart, there is no way you could ever measure up to his standard. So what hope do we have? Well, the only hope is to get a new heart, a clean heart, And that happens when you begin a relationship with Jesus. That happens when your sins are washed away by the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. And once you receive the grace and forgiveness that only comes through Jesus, God looks at your heart and he sees you as if you had never sinned. It's amazing. Listen to what Paul writes in Romans 8 verse 1. Paul says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the gospel, that's the good news. If you are in Christ, you make the cut. And sometimes we feel like the gospel is just too good to be true. You may think, I'm not good enough, I'm not like those people, I don't measure up. But remember, we have to stop playing that game. We have to stop comparing ourselves, trying to prove our own value. When you are in Christ, You can rest in the fact that your value comes from him. He said that you are worth dying for. So that settles it. If you have that life-changing relationship with Jesus, you are good enough. Not because of yourself, but because of him. And from there, Christ will give you the strength to see yourself through his eyes. And you can let go of your pride and spend your life focused on him and focused on others. And this is where the transformation gets really fun. Before I wrap this up, I want to give you a quick glimpse of this transformed life. As you trade comparison for contentment, God will change your life in all kinds of ways. But let's look at two practical examples. First, God will lead you to be grateful for what you have versus being frustrated by what you don't have. My kids are still learning this skill. Recently, there's a certain phrase that we're hearing a lot at our house. At least, once, at least once a day, maybe several times a day, one of them will say, that's not fair. And when I hear that, it kind of makes me laugh. Because when I think about all of the children across the world and all the children throughout history, our kids are definitely not getting the short end of the stick. They have been blessed far, far more than most. And when we put it that way, sure, it's not fair. But this is just that human tendency, right? We want what we don't have, and more is never enough. But God will teach us to be grateful. Ecclesiastes chapter six, verse nine says, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. What a crazy concept. Only desire what you have. That's what Paul said, right? I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And that doesn't mean you stop working hard. That doesn't mean you stop doing your best. It just means that whatever happens, you can be at peace and you can be grateful. I'll give you one more example of the way that God will transform you. He will lead you to serve others in a way that takes the focus off of yourself. And that last part is really important, taking the focus off of ourselves. That means we don't go out doing good, hoping that other people will see us and think more highly of us. And we don't go out and serve others as a way to feel better about ourselves. That's fallen right back into that comparison trap. No, this form of serving is not about us. It's about true humility. It's thinking of yourself less, just allowing God's love to flow through you, letting Him get all the glory. And here's what's crazy. When we step into this transformed, others-focused life, we're the ones who end up getting blessed. That's what we see in Proverbs 11.25. That verse says, Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Many of us have experienced that, haven't we? We've stepped up to serve someone who's in need, and it seems like we get more out of it than the other person. So, how do we wrap this up? Well, we want to live this transformed life, right? We want to trade comparison for contentment. And let's be realistic here. Even when the Spirit of Christ is working in us, we're still gonna struggle. But every day we can keep growing in this direction. We just need to rely on a strength that is greater than our own. I wanna close by giving a challenge. This challenge is for you and for me and for everyone listening. This week, as soon as you wake up, start your day with two prayers. First, thank God for something about yesterday be grateful for the unique way that God has blessed you. And second, ask God to give you an opportunity to serve someone today. Ask him to give you the strength to shift that focus off of yourself and direct it to others. That's the path to a life of peace and contentment. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you don't look at the outward appearance You don't judge us the way the world judges us. And I thank you that even though our hearts are sinful and we don't deserve your love and approval, you have made it possible for us to be approved because of the sacrifice of Jesus. So Lord, help us to find our identity in Christ instead of in ourselves. And Lord, help us to serve others in a way that helps them find you and find that same contentment and peace.